From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, June 21st. Just like fire crews prepared for, a few new fire starts happened in our area over the weekend due to dry lightning. The largest, at about 50 acres, started yesterday. It's called the Sago Fire and is located in Sago Canyon near Thompson Springs. Crews working the Pack Creek Fire responded in an attempt to prevent another large incident. We go now to our conversation with Fire Information Officer Nick Howell, who tells us about this additional response and gives us the latest on the Pack Creek Fire in the Los Al Mountains. So it looks like the crews were able to make some big gains on containment. As you report, the Pack Creek Fire is now nearly 60% contained. Can you, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so over the weekend, we definitely made a lot of good progress. There is still a lot of work to be done, but yeah, that, that's correct. We um, The fire is now 58% contained, and it's just under 9,000 acres in size. So yeah, we, we still have a lot of crews and resources on scene, so um, we do expect to continue the good progress that we've seen over the last couple of days. The fire has had some pretty good tests from stronger winds and drier temperatures, so that's a good thing that it held through those weather changes and events. Yeah, you know, tell us, though, you know, you mentioned that the fire does continue to remain pretty active in areas that are difficult to access. So on the northeast side of the fire, um, we still have 5 to 10% of the fire that is inaccessible. We're still trying to figure out how to best deal with those areas. Um, right now, in those areas, I mean, they, they are able to burn, and there's there's a lot of um, other challenges as well um, in, in different areas on the northeast side that we're um, definitely assessing with aircraft. They're just not good places to put crews. So they are going to continue to burn. There are other pockets of heat that are outside of our concern areas, but at the same time, they are close to the fire's perimeter, so those are definitely on the radar and priority areas as well. You know, also beyond this fire, people in Moab probably noticed some other fires in our general vicinity. What happened there over the weekend? Yeah, so two days ago, we did have some lightning came through the area. Um, we sent some of our crews and some of our aircraft from the Pack Creek Fire to the Sago Fire, which is burning on the book cliff, you know, north of Moab right now. So that's, that was definitely one of our unexpected challenges for yesterday. A lot of that country is fairly inaccessible, but um, we are, you know, sharing resources with other incidents to prevent some of these smaller fires from becoming larger incidents like Pack Creek. Yeah, and what I thought was interesting is, like, that's something that, that the team seemed to at least be aware of or prepare for because the, you knew that the weather conditions could have lightning included. And, and, and I remember you saying that the crews would be able to try to respond if, if that happened, if the scenario happened and it did play out. Yeah, we were prepared for a possible new ignition that's fairly typical this time of year. So um, we did have resources identified for initial attack purposes. So when those fires were reported, we were able to mobilize fairly quickly and get some of our resources to those other fires to support the local home unit. Now, the other other thing I wanted to touch on is that the LaSalle Loop Road is open, but it's recommended to avoid driving it unless totally necessary. Yeah, so the best way to 
um, explain the, the listing of some of our road closures is now you can access the private property from all directions. So basically, we moved our closure checkpoints just up a little bit higher so you can access Buried Hatchet and some of those um, other areas without going all the way through Castle Valley. So that, that was the objective. We're trying to restore some normalcy, trying to return life back to normal as much as we can, as safely as we can. So it's really intended for private property owners um, to access their, their property. Yeah, that, that's correct. Um, we, we definitely, all the public lands and all the recreation attractions are still closed um, on the forest. It's basically just designed to enhance access to uh, the private property for folks that need to get in there and do business. Is there anything else to mention on what um, fire crews will be working on early this week? Yeah, so on Pack Creek specifically, we do have uh, you know quite a few different priority areas. We're using gunman aircraft to, to look at those areas and monitor how much heat is in those areas, so we can make some wise decisions and not put people in harm's way unnecessarily. So there's probably still three or four days of what we call the grind, which is going to involve some pretty intensive labor with hand crews to try to get people and and keep those areas in check to the best of our ability Mm -hmm. with the access that we have available. Blue Lake and the Dark Canyon area, those two areas are are still a primary focus. The last thing we want is for some of those trees to torch out and throw embers into those areas that are closer to the structures and the cabins. So, we, you know, that, that is definitely an area of focus for us, and that's a priority um, for our crews on the Pack Creek Fire. Nick Howell, Fire Information Officer. We will switch things up tomorrow with our updates from Nick. We'll check in with him later this week. KZMU still has daily updates on the Pack Creek Fire at kzmu.org slash updates. We'll make sure to link to that page in our show notes. This is the 22nd consecutive year of drought in the Colorado River Basin. And with extreme drought conditions comes increased risk of wildfires. If you look at the U.S. wildfire report map, you'll see them popping up across the Four Corners region. Communities like Moab have been experiencing this firsthand over about two weeks with the Pat Creek Fire. With these fires comes smoke, and it can blow in from all directions. So we go now to our partners at KSJD in Cortez, Colorado. Their public health reporter, Tay Glass, explores the dangers of wildfire smoke and ways to mitigate its negative health effects. Alex Graff works as the Montezuma County Coordinator for Wildlife Adapted Partnership. He frequently does free site assessments, basically to see how safe your property is from wildfires. On Tuesday, Alex did a mock assessment of his own property. And it's a smoky day outside can't smell the smoke but you can barely see the mountains and that's blown in from Arizona and it is my hope that this smoke that um, will kind of remind people that oh yeah it is fire season and I've got to do some work here. Graf is an expert at fire mitigation but he grew up in New York State where things like flooding were more of a concern than drought or wildfire. And I got a a big wake-up call living out here in 2018 with the 416 fire. Graf was close to the 416 fire the day it started. And I was kind of just across the road and heard there was smoke down south of us a bit. Shortly after, heard the highway was cut off. It was just a total disruption as to kind of everyday life. 
A large part of western Colorado and the neighboring states are in exceptional drought, the most severe category, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. Some are dubbing it a mega drought, and it's no surprise that these hot, dry conditions provide perfect fuel for wildfire. But more so than the fires themselves, the smoke they produce is nebulous and far-reaching. But, you know, when you start talking about smoke, we're talking about hundreds, even thousands of miles away from where the fire actually is. That's Scott Landis. He supervises the prescribed fire unit for the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. One big risk factor for smoke is the size of the particles. The particulate matter from wildfire smoke is microscopic, 40 times smaller than a human hair. So that, that goes to show you just how tiny these particles are and how they can get lodged in your respiratory system. The tiny smoke particles Landis is talking about are called PM2.5. The risk these particles pose for people with respiratory issues is well known. But also for folks who have uh, issues with their hearts, uh, a, a lot of times this PM2.5 not only gets into your respiratory system, but also gets into your bloodstream. Landis has some recommendations for dealing with wildfire smoke. Are things like those N95 masks useful anymore? They are. The N95 masks can help you, certainly, with PM2.5. Now, a lot of us have also been using different kinds of masks, just the regular cloth masks. They are not going to help you with wildfire smoke. Landis recommends that people should put an air purifier in one room of their house. It'll serve as a clean air room if air quality gets particularly bad. Smoke from Arizona was a warning sign for Matt Sheether. He's the wildland coordinator for the Cortez Fire Protection District. Does it feel sort of like the calm before the storm? Yeah, it is that calm before the storm, because once it starts, I don't, you know, we, we might have a long summer, and it could happen all at once or not at all, but I am definitely planning on it being busy, and that's not just in our, in our county or in our, our state, that's across the U.S. Community is a big thing for Sheether. Cortez is his hometown, so when he saw the chance to build a wildland fire program in the city, he jumped at the opportunity. And it's also protecting your neighbor's property. You know, it's kind of that community, community risk reduction that we all work together. Alex Graff knows the risk of wildfires, but he also recognizes that they're here to stay, a natural and important part of life in the Four Corners. All of this wildfire preparedness is trying to move southwest Colorado closer to the direction of a fire-adapted community. And the goal of a fire-adapted community is this idea that we can live with fire. It's just kind of a matter of shifting our behavior and physical environment around us. According to Graf, living in the Four Corners means living alongside smoke and fire. But if you're careful, Hopefully not too close. From KSJD and Cortez, I'm Tay Glass. That story comes from our partners at KSJD in Southwest Colorado. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, June 21st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. 